Hi there, and welcome to Radio Free Bay Ridge, your hyper-local progressive podcast. I'm Dan, and today's mini-episode centers around interviews taken at Fight Back Bay Ridge's very first fundraiser on the night of October 22nd, The Art of the Gerrymander. A one-night-only exhibition and art auction, the event brought together the vibrant Bay Ridge activist and artist communities. Fight Back Bay Ridge is a local action-based activist group made up entirely of neighbors. They recently announced, after being challenged with legal action by State Senator Marty Golden, that they had become an Independent Election Committee, or IEC, which lets them raise money to oppose candidates in upcoming elections. That means, naturally, a fundraiser was going to happen. But instead of a standard $300-a-plate dinner with some speechifying thrown in, they went for a much more grassroots direction. They put a call out to local artists, myself included actually, to ask for art donations that could be sold off in a silent auction. The pieces had to be centered around a theme of gerrymandering, specifically using the boundaries of our local state senate district, SD22, which is currently being fought over by Andrew Gennardis and Marty Golden. Gerrymandering is the practice of drawing political boundaries to skew election results in your favor. It's only legal if it's proven that it has a racial bias, Otherwise, politicians can totally stack the deck this way by carefully choosing their own constituents, often in absurdly shaped boundaries that stretch and zigzag into impossibly convoluted shapes. This happened in Senator Marty Golden's district, drawn with his assistance after the last census almost a decade ago. The district stretches from Bay Ridge to Marine Park, carefully avoiding on a block-by-block, or rather, election-district-by-election-district basis, Areas that Marty felt would swing the district too favorably toward a Democratic challenger. For example, all public housing was carefully avoided, including larger apartment buildings in Bath Beach and especially the Marlboro houses, which the district dodges by a few yards. The district winds and darts around to capture as many conservative-leaning tracts of homes in Brooklyn as possible, and was often referred to as a Republican firewall designed to disenfranchise any progressives that lived in its boundaries and essential for Republican control of the New York State Senate that's been continuous, except for two years, for nearly a century. Even Senator Golden defends this gerrymander, saying it's needed to provide, quote, balance, unquote, in Albany. Democracy second, false sense of balance first, I guess. He also said in a recent debate, quote, I believe my district is fine, unquote, when asked about whether it was drawn fairly. Not missing an opportunity for voter education, Fight Back Bay Ridge decided to confront the district's gerrymandering by bringing people together for a night, rather than dividing them. The arts community in Bay Ridge is especially strong, as we outlined in our Welcome to Bay Ridge episode a month ago. And so many local artists showed up to donate their work, with all the profits going toward Fight Back Bay Ridge to help fund grassroots activism in the neighborhood. Our co-host Rachel was there at the Owl's Head Wine Bar that night to talk with folks about what the arts community and gerrymandering meant to them as neighbors and residents of the 22nd State Senate District. First up, we'll hear from a few of the artists who gave their time to work on the Art of the Gerrymander show. Let's join Rachel on a chilly day outside the Owl's Head Wine Bar on 72nd Street. Hi, so this is Rachel. I'm here outside the Owl's Head Bar for the Art of the Gerrymander with some of the talented artists who have helped put this show together. Can you guys introduce yourself? I'm Elena Sudarakis. I'm Janine Bardo. I'm Isabel Garbani. And so all three of you have art in this show. And I just wondered, you know, how did you get involved? Like what, what was uh, part of how you got in, into this? And 
why you thought it was important. Well, uh, we all know Devin, and she approached mm-hmm. us, um, I guess, in August, maybe? Yeah, over the yeah. late over summer. That, yeah, late yeah. summer, you yeah. know, to try to put a show together, to try to unseat Marty Golden. And now, uh, of course, we we're all for it. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. How can we say no to that? <laughs> you guys live in the district? Yes. Yep, yep. And what do you think about gerrymandering and how it has impacted the community? Um, well, you know, for, for, for us in Bay Ridge, it really sucks because we're always with Staten Island. So we're never actually having our voices heard, you know, because we always have a Republican representative, you know, both at the federal level, at the local level and at the state level. So for me, that really, it, we're like the poster child of like why gerrymandering is wrong, you know, because I think Bay Ridge is more, yeah, yeah you know, Bay Ridge is more progressive and, you know, we're, we're being stuck with other districts that are not. Yeah. And it's really difficult not. and frustrating. So when I saw Art of Gerrymander, I'm like, oh, yes. Because yeah. this is something I think that we're all frustrated about and yeah. that we talk about a lot. And yeah. like, you shouldn't get represented. You don't yeah. get yeah. properly represented. Especially in the case of um, Senate District 22, where you look how Marty has kind of you know, chunked out where he wants to govern, where he doesn't. Yeah. And, for yeah. example, the congressional district includes the Marlboro NYCHA houses, and Marty Goldens does not. Yes. Right. For instance, of people not yes. being properly represented. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. You would think of a map of a, of a district would show like close proximity yeah. that everybody has kind of the same interests in trains, and you have all the same issues that go on, right? Yeah. And um, there's a big chunk out of that. Yeah. 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 So can I ask you to talk a little bit about your art pieces? Well, it was really fun because um, Janine Bardo and Tamara Zahayevich and I all worked in Janine's Bardo's studio at Stand. So it was a really beautiful thing to collaborate and watch everyone make work and be inspired by each other. And it was kind of exciting to make art for um, a political event and, and feel like we're, I kind of felt empowered doing this. And um, it was a really free kind of fun experience. Yeah, it was because it wasn't something we either any of us normally do we don't work with maps or we don't you know that's not part of our artwork but it was fun to be challenged by it and then we ended up having a really good time just collaborating and having the energy around and like you know keep working and I just had a good time doing it it was really a lot of fun uh, my piece has nothing to do with district I know I, I didn't have time to make anything, so I donated something for for Devon, and she and she actually had a brilliant title for it. So my piece is Crochet Penises, which I had, which I had for a feminist art festival in Tunisia in September. One of the things that they that they had there was um, they had little mugs that said, "My favorite season is the fall of the patriarchy," and I'm like, which is, I think is like totally perfect anyway so yeah so it kind of like represent the fall of patriarchy you know trying to like switch that power around a little bit so yeah and Isabel didn't have any time because she's out canvassing all the time and uh, writing yeah, letters Isabel is a really, really active participant in the political process that's for sure yeah. she has us she has us more involved in, than we would have been and we're yeah. grateful for that I think I'm more involved this year than I've ever been, you know, because I yeah. think it feels like yeah, this is our last chance to like, it does feel that way. you know, you yeah. know, to make a difference. I think if we don't take Congress back, I think we're screwed. And, and doing it on the local level is really important. Yeah. You know, yeah. Your own community. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So having done this, do you think you guys are going to want to do like a continued engagement with kind of the political side of art? Oh, well, so art is political. Really yeah, art is, yeah, art is political. We'll see how much time we have in the bunker. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, take, I'll take my my crochet my crochet horse and my knitting needle. 
<laughs> well, so if there's one thing that you want people to take away from this and that you guys are taking away from this experience, what would that be? I would say that every art opportunity here, event or something like that, has brought me closer to the community of people we live around all the time. Mm-hmm. I've been meeting different people that have lived here alone. I mean, I'm, I'm a lifelong resident, but I've been lived, meeting people, you know, that there's a lot of artists that live here. Yeah. There are a lot of, you know, here, here's tomorrow. Hello, tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, it does bring Which a lot of like, people yeah. together. The power that, yeah. of community engagement. Yeah. And like how solidifying community of like-minded people is such a beautiful, powerful thing. And it makes you feel better when political times are difficult. I think knowing that you're around people that have similar values and beliefs, it feels it feels really beautiful and really good. And I think we live in a really great community. Any, anything else Happy you want? 200-some-odd progressive marriage people <laughs> to hear you say on the podcast? Go bid on tomorrow, some artwork. Go, go donate to the cause. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank everybody. you. Thank you, Rachel. I really appreciate yeah. beautiful artwork. Thank oh, you thank so you. much. By the way, you can check out all of the artists' webpages and artwork in our show notes at RadioFreeBayRidge.org. You may have heard them talking about coordinating with Devin, who is one of the organizers for the event, along with Donna Marie. Both are activists with Fight Back Bay Ridge. Rachel caught up with them during the event to talk about how the event was put together and what it's like to be part of the local activist community that's been growing here in Bay Ridge. So this is Rachel. I am outside the Owl's Head Bar for the Art of the Gerrymander Show, which has been put together by Fight Back Bay Ridge. And I'm speaking with Devin and Donna Marie, two of the organizers. Hi. Hi, Devin Morales here. Hi, Donna Carrera. So you guys have done an amazing job. It's amazing you. You know, seeing all this art, seeing all these people. Um, can you tell me a little bit about how this got started, how you guys decided to you know, come together and do this, what's been involved? Sure. I think this was birthed just from an idea of uh, sitting in group and throwing around the ridiculousness of what gerrymandering is, mm-hmm. trying to figure out what it is, why it exists, and some way to show our community how absurd and stupid it is you you actually you read a little bit about gerrymandering i did i did sure so gerrymander the governor who first created this district to kind of keep himself in power so to speak his name was jerry what was it something really old some old some old white dude name Wilfred Jerry. <laughs> he was trying to keep the incumbents in power to beat the Federalists. When the Federalists saw how ridiculous the map was, they said, this this map makes no sense. It looks like a, um, a salamander. <laughs> Hence the name Jerry Mander. Here in New York State Senate District 22, that is something that is very clearly an issue. Sure. They've figured out a way to keep us kind of perpetually in a red state of alarm (laughs) which i didn't know i'm not i wasn't super political before this like i just wanted to get trump impeached and i felt like i felt like i had moved back to bay ridge and i felt like everybody was republican you know or right leaning and i um, actually took off work to go to to the fight back bay ridge meeting Mm. i think in july because i found you guys on facebook and um it was like wow there's other people like me and i didn't realize in this neighborhood you get the impression that there isn't but there actually is and um somebody brought up the art show i emailed sally later on i was like i'll i'll help with that because i like event planning Mm -hmm. so i thought this is how i can use my skills to help the group and i was like super impressed with you guys donna brought all of her fundraising skills to the event i was so impressed like it was like kick ass a lot of strong women in the group and you guys just took charge and i was like this group is no joke like this is for real and i like it so i was like let me try to jump in here and do what i can do and and then we started we met with devin and like we just started 
started playing. We each took on different roles for the show. We kind of split it up, and we've been meeting for months to work it out. And yeah. And, and for people listening at home, it is now about two weeks before the November election. So August, September, October. Mm-hmm. It's taking a little while to get this off the ground. Yeah. It has. You know, all, all of our brilliant artists um, donated their time and their energy. They're all working professional artists. So it means that this is what they do for a living. So for them to create this work gratis for us, um, to donate it to us, means that they were taking working hours that they're normally paid for to create for us. So it took some time. <laughs> we yeah. didn't we didn't know if we were going to get it off the ground but in the last month man the people that have come out the oh, artists yeah. that have come out have been grinding and so devoted and so on board with using their talents which is what we all do in fight back bay rage we all use our talent for the benefit of building this community up and not just flipping this district but just making all of our neighbors feel safe and loved and so that's what the artists wanted to do they wanted to find a way to use their talent to make our community better so Mm -hmm. the ones we got on board have been really really awesome and then i worked on getting local businesses to donate gift certificates for so we can silent auction off packages and i was very pleasantly surprised when i called around and i went into shops and people were on board and totally supportive of what fight back bay ridge is about and so were the artists mostly from bay ridge did they come from all over the district where did you find not just bay ridge south brooklyn though Mm -hmm. definitely south brooklyn we're here at owl's head it's um john Avaludo's bar and he does a lot of artists networking and workshops and events so he was a really great help and uh, an essential part of giving us artist names that we reached out to yeah and ideas on how to execute it because we didn't have a lot of experience with art shows but we did it Uh, what was the most challenging part of putting this all together can i be real yeah (laughs) okay so we (laughs) the legality part so we over the past couple of months have become an uh, independent expenditure club which means we got all the red tape to worry about now so it was just making sure that we're following the law that we're being above reproach. We don't want to do anything to give Fight Back Bay Ridge a bad name or to seem like we're trying to be above the law. So it was just really learning all of the financial rules and making sure we were following everything. It's so important to us as a group that we are being respectful. We're fighting in our district for our representatives to follow laws. So it was important to us to make sure we were doing the same. Did you find people within the group who were able to donate their services for that kind of advice? Or was it like people really looking stuff up and figuring out themselves? People looking up. Yeah, absolutely. Again, we have so much talent in this group. Everybody's got a a skill that they're bringing to the group, whether they work in finances. Um, We've got people in the group who are attorneys, so they're giving us you know, attorney advice. And we've got people that work with spreadsheets and people that are a fundraiser like Donna. And I think that's important about the group is like a lot of people don't understand. You don't have to be as like Devin, you and Sally are like hardcore. Like you give 100% every day. I can't. So I wish I could, but you guys are like hardcore and I admire you for that. And it's like, I told Sally, right. I think I told you both right away. Like, this is what I can do right now. And I can help you with this. And that's what I did. And I just like put my focus on that. So I feel like anyone can go to a meeting and just kind of find their place. They don't have to be a hundred percent every day. Totally. 
but they can give a little bit of themselves along the way and create something amazing like the art show. I talk about that a lot in the group. There's a lot of guilt going on right now, (laughs) not just in our community, but just kind of worldwide with, I'm not doing enough. And so we shared, and I've shared before, I have a very deep faith, a deep biblical faith. And so there's a biblical principle I love that talks about how we're all part of one body. We all have a different function, whether we're a finger or an elbow or a head or a brain or a heart, but we all make up a body together and all of us are equally important. So whatever you can bring to Fight Back Bay Ridge, uh, every part is important. And what we make together has just been brilliant. For me, it's like, I feel like I'm a true testament to what uh, Devin just said. Like, if you can only give this much, Mm -hmm. give it with all your heart and soul and don't get intimidated. Like, I can't give enough. I can't do as much as they do. I can't go to every protest. You know, do what you can do and it'll make a difference. If change is important to you, if making our society more equitable and beautiful and loving is important to you, there's very simple ways to serve, you know, yeah. whether it's our, our artists or donating a talent. Right. And everybody has a talent, no matter what it is, yeah. right? Giving Making hugs. the programs Making for them, the show. Yeah. Like somebody made the programs for the show. Yeah. Like that's amazing. Yep. And it's just showing up and shaking hands. It's um, everybody has a talent to give. And if we're just unified, I think we can do great things. Next up, Rachel spoke with the host for the event and owner of the Owlshead Wine Bar, John Avaludo. John is a local artist who's been essential for many years in coordinating and organizing Bay Ridge's artistic community. He spoke about how politics, activism, and art intersect, and how we need to support local artists on all levels of government, especially with legislation and direct support from our leaders. Without the poetry shows, art galleries, storefront artworks, dance recitals, theater, and more, there'd be very little reason for our neighbors to go out and meet each other in fun social settings. Artists are essential in creating a sense of community. They build up and provide local culture that everyone can take part in. (laughs) I I could go on, but let's let John take it away. Hi, I'm John Avaluto. And you own this bar, don't you? It owns me. Ah. Um, So no, it's been really interesting kind of watching a lot of the stuff that you've done with this business to bring art more into the community and I think it's uh it's pretty important to utilize the arts in all of its facets uh, especially in a place that doesn't get any monetary or financial backing for its arts in the mm-hmm. community southern brooklyn you know there are no uh except for the past uh, since 2017 through janine there's been no visual art spaces mm-hmm. ellen Ellen, yes. Ellen. She does the uh, the pre room. The pre room. Mm. And you know these are private ventures, and you know we have no uh, municipal money coming into these things. But we've had like zero outside of those ventures. There's mm. been zero possibilities. So we just try to open up in order to make sure that we do have an extra space in order to do that. Um, but I know Andrew's been pretty good about supporting that and vocal about supporting the arts. Do you think there are like specific policy changes that you're expecting to see in the next few years if we flip 22? Uh, I am. Okay. Uh, I am uh, very interested in the promoting of a community art space within District 22, then he's hinted toward that. I'm very interested in the support that he's offering on the national scale, on the federal um, limitations that they've been putting on uh, resale value for the arts. So visual artists don't get from resale market and secondary market, don't receive any money for their work. So if somebody sells something in an art show, it sells for $100, and two years later somebody sells it for $2 million. Artists sees none of that money. Uh, and that's uh, terrible. That's a federal. That's a federal thing. Uh, and that brought, got brought up in court in, I believe, California this past year. And for the ninth time, it was shot down. Uh, so I think, like, Andrew, he's very interested in pushing that forward. And he's made that clear through his uh, his language. You know, And I'm hoping that he really does do something toward that. Because visual artists, out of all the arts, I think, are always pushed to the side. 
for other nefarious reasons as well, and that's a whole different thing. Well, you know, like art becomes like a uh, a place to launder a whole lot of money internationally uh, on resale value, especially within uh, New, York, uh, New York and the United States, not uh, offering any money back to the artists after uh, resale. Yeah, Europe does offer. I mean, it's pitifully, but you know, I think it's I believe it's two to three percent uh, for its artists at least. But when you're selling a painting for you know a living artist and it's going for you know five million dollars, ten million dollars and above, you know, because of the lapse of uh, all these taxes and creating tax havens for arts, particularly with uh, duty-free storage, where you don't get taxed until it leaves the facility. So if you trade in New York and it doesn't leave the facility, you are not taxed. So you have a holding at that point. You have an asset that you're insured for and it just occupies the space and you didn't pay any tax for getting earnings for it. So you just leave it there indefinitely until you want to liquidate. So there are these storage units. There are better collections than museums in, uh, inside those warehouses. And that's really, you know, it's nameless faces. You know, it's a screen. People passing money back and forth that, you know, you never know who it is. It's all companies and, you know, conglomerates of, uh, of monies and investments that just sort of trade hands between that and inflate and inflate and inflate, you know, yeah. it's better than money. And that's, you know, at the cornerstone of like all where human activity is, uh, is really the arts. And if you give that up to giant corporations or moneyed interests, then they're really controlling you at your essence, you know, and dictating like your emotions and how you think and how you feel most importantly. So I think in order to take that back and to have some protections around that and have some autonomy within that world is definitely uh, important. So, you know, and it's, it's great to hear that, you know, and even Andrew said, I, did, I just interviewed Andrew actually about this or Hayridge. He says that it's really up to the artists to start voicing this to their politicians. So, you know, this is a, a great way to do that. And, you know, what better than through, you know, even the show like this, that's through political dissent, which is like the cornerstone of protections of uh, freedom of speech in America is through this. So thank you so much. I mean, anything like specifically that you would want people to take away from this event? Uh, create more space and uh, for the arts uh, in your life and within your community. And uh, when they have shows like this, listen, go see. It's, it's important. The support doesn't mean, does mean certainly monetary, but uh, another part of that is viewership and attendance. So showing up. And it's something as simple that you could do as just showing up for something. Finally, we take a brief moment to talk with one of the attendees of the event and another local activist, Jess. As the night drew to a close, Jess managed to walk away with a winning bid on a very competitively bid piece by Janine Bardo. Rachel asks what drew her to the event and the piece she bid on, and what her takeaway was on gerrymandering in her neighborhood, and how her artwork addresses it. Hi, I'm Jess Frischa. I'm a resident of Bay Ridge from Bensonhurst originally. Uh, lived here for a few years, and I'm a member of Fight Back Bay Ridge. And you also just won the uh, auction on one of these amazing pieces of art. Yes, I won an original Janine Bardo. I'm very happy to hang this up on my wall. I'm not an art critic in any way, but I love it. It's beautiful. And it's kind of an outline of the district, isn't it? Yes. So you can see in the negative space the actual district, and then the rest is like a different shades of green all around mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Kind yeah. of like the darker edges and really beautiful wash effect. Yeah, it's yeah. gorgeous. So what what about this piece really spoke to you? And were there other pieces that you bid on? Well, I got into a little bit of a bidding war with <laughs> someone that I will not name his name, so I had to protect this piece. Mm -hmm. I did want other pieces, but this was the one I wanted the most, so mm -hmm. I definitely stood by it and made sure that I won it. <laughs> <laughs> and when it comes to gerrymandering, like, what do you think it is that we need to draw the most attention to and shine a spotlight on? Well, I think at the end of the day, the, the issue is that people's votes need to count and need to go mm -hmm. somewhere. 
somewhere. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've lived in this district for as long as I remember, and I don't live that close to where I grew up. Mm -hmm. And yet I've had Marty Golden as my senator for Mm -hmm. however many years. And to me, when you live out in Marine Park, nowhere really near Bay Ridge, Mm -hmm. you have different concerns, different issues, and your vote should go somewhere. Mm -hmm. And it shouldn't be drawn by the senator who decides that this is the block that will get him the votes to stay Mm. in office for X number of years. It's such a zigzag when you get to certain areas and it's so clear Mm -hmm. that someone has decided that this is the block to include with the district. Mm -hmm. And again, to me, the issue is about making sure people's votes count. And when somebody else decides what district they want to make sure they stay in office, that is a threat to democracy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. How long have you been involved with Fight Back Bay Ridge? Um, I've been with Fight Back Bay Ridge a little over a year and a half at this point. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't part of the planning of this event, but I'm really impressed by all the people that were. That's great. Thank you so much. Yeah, of course. Congratulations on your I know. Thank you very much. (laughs) Thank you, everybody at Fight Back Bay Ridge and Janine Bardo for this beautiful piece. That's our episode. Remember, folks, November 6th is only a short while away, which is your day to vote. It is on Tuesday, and there are some great things you can do before Election Day to make things a little easier. First up, you can get up to three paid hours off work on Election Day if your job starts before 9 a.m. and ends after 6 p.m. You need three hours buffer in order to vote. And if you don't get that, you can request time off as late as noon on Election Day. But we recommend calling your employer and letting them know you need time to vote in advance. Next, we highly encourage all of our listeners to check out if they are still registered to vote. With Marty Golden's appointee still on the Brooklyn Board of Elections and him facing a rather tough election season this time, you can't be too careful, especially after nearly 1,600 people were wiped from the 2016 voter rolls. Check out your status at voterlookup.elections.ny.gov. Remember to enter in Kings as your county, not New York. Brooklyn is also known as Kings County, politically speaking. Next, familiarize yourself with the ballot. You can go to vote.nyc to check out a sample ballot if you enter in your address. It'll also show you what the first ever two-page ballot is going to look like. Yeah, that's right. This year, the ballot is going to be two pages long. It's going to be hard not to rip it or accidentally detach it or even scan it properly. We're expecting problems at polling places for this reason. So check it out in advance and be super careful with your ballot on election day. And remember to stick around and check the ballot scanner to make sure your vote was confirmed as counted. You can request up to three additional ballots if you make a mistake, but we expect many polling sites will run out of them due to difficulty in handling these two-page ballots. So be careful. Also, if you're a newly registered voter, remember to bring photo ID to the polls. Even if you aren't, It's a good idea, just in case. If you need assistance, you can ask a poll worker, and remember, you can always get language assistance in Spanish, Chinese Mandarin, Chinese Cantonese, and Korean as well. Sadly, Arabic is not a supported language, so try to have a friend or family member around who can assist. If you have problems on election day, remember, first double-check your voting at the right place, and in the right election district. That's the most common mistake. It's why it's so important to look up beforehand, even if you voted in the same place many times before. I always write down my election district and voting place on a little card. And some people might feel comfortable printing out the whole webpage that shows that info, just so you can show it to poll workers. If you have a problem, though, remember to definitely get in touch with the New York Attorney General's office at 1-800-771-7755. 
it's always good to put it into your phone's contact list so you can call the second you have a problem. And that's our show. If you want to get involved with Fight Back Bay Ridge, you can check them out on Facebook and sign up to join their closed discussion group. They also hold monthly meetings, which you can RSVP to through that group. You can also follow them at FightBackBR on Twitter. Or you can follow us, your friendly progressive neighborhood podcast, at Radio Free BR. Or on our webpage at RadioFreeBayRidge.org. On election day, be sure to follow our Twitter account as we cover the election results live. We also just updated our last episode's show notes with tons of extra debate recordings for all of the local races currently underway. So if you want to get informed before you head out to vote, check out our webpage and give it a listen. And of course, if you haven't yet subscribed to our podcast, what are you waiting for? We're not going away anytime soon. Election season may soon be over, but progressive activism in this neighborhood is just getting started. So until next time, stay free, Bay Ridge.